for me, as as professional as we are, mm. and as premium as we are, because yeah. we do sell and source the best. Yeah. Um, to me, it's still a local butcher shop. Yes, yeah. And it, like, I, I, I would hate to lose that touch that if, if a customer, yourself, or someone walks in, a regular customer, that I'm able to say, hey, Colin, how are you? How, how was football last week? Correct. Or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. The Guardian Irish Business Podcast is a tour around the entrepreneurial industry here in Dublin and across the country. We have the great privilege here at Guardian of working with some of the most inspiring and influential small businesses in Ireland and the people that run them, who are forming and shaping the future of many different sectors of the Irish economy. I thought it would be interesting to chat to and learn from these people, which we do every day, but memorialize it in a podcast which could then be shared with our friends and clients and you, the listener. For today's guest, we have a fourth-generation butcher that has over 140 years' experience through his family's business with award-winning dried meats and co-author of the incredible book, Anne from Mains, ladies and gentlemen, Rick Higgins. So let's take it back, Rick. Where did it all start for you and the business? Uh, for me, uh, I, well, I started off in uh, working in my dad's shop in Pomarnock. Um, I served my time there, but even before that, um, my mum and dad ran that shop and um, so that shop was kind of, it was obviously the family business, but it, it was also used as a babysitting service as well. So wow. after right. school, we used to go out there and my mum would collect us from school. We Because my mum and dad were working in the shop, uh, we used to go out there as well. Um, and uh, then we on, on a Saturday, obviously two of them were in work, nobody at home to mind us yeah. uh, with two sisters. So uh, we were all dragged out to the shop to work on a Saturday, right. clean up or do whatever, you know. So Rick, to remind you, I think I became your dad's accountant in 2002 or 2003. Yeah. And Tonya and your mom out in the shop there. And I would have seen you behind the counter as little young fella. Yeah, so, to, so 2002, I was what? Early, t- very early twenties, and uh, I, w- I was probably halfway through my apprenticeship then at that nice. stage. But nice. um, like I, r- I remember going in there on a Saturday, and my sisters hated it, right. despised right. it. Okay. And I, I, I quickly kind of fell in love with it. Like right. it, it, right. it was, yeah, I, I was really into it, you know. Okay. So um, it was all good. Yeah, I really found memories of that shop. Very good, good, mm. good. And ultimately, your dad sold that shop, closed it down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah, my dad retired about uh, I don't know now about five or six years ago now. Right. And uh, I, I, yeah, I wanted to continue doing my thing, you know. So um, yeah, good. just I like work. Yeah, good, good. You're now twenty something out in Port Marnock. Your dad is hitting mid sixties, and he says, "Yeah, son, I think I'm gonna be out of here shortly." What were your thoughts then? Um. Like I say, after I served my time with my dad, I, 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 as much as I said I didn't want to hang on to his coattails, I did hang on to his coattails because I, I, I tried to learn as much as possible off him. Not right. only the butchering side, but the business side of it. Very good. Um, so, yeah, um, I knew my dad was going to retire, but I, oh, well, the one thing that really stuck out in my head was I knew my dad would give me that business in a heartbeat. Right, right. Um, and that didn't that didn't sit well with me, you know, because I first of all I didn't want to be handed anything, right? And and that was one thing when 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 I served my time as an apprentice, uh, and when I worked in Port Marnock, 
I was an employee. I wasn't the boss's son. Okay. I was an employee. Um, so yeah, I know. I, I knew. I and I still know. Like my my dad would have handed me that business in a heartbeat. Right. right. But I knew he wanted to retire at some stage. Mm. I didn't want to take that from him. He he could sell that business and have a nice little nest egg there, right. you know? Right. So I certainly didn't want to take that from him. Yeah. So I, I knew I had to do something. Right. And that's kind of where something came about that I knew, right, I'm going to have to make a move myself. Either buy the business off my dad, because I didn't want to be handed it. Right. Or go on oh, go my, go my right. own way, you right. know? But like I said, the encouragement I got off my dad was, was second to none. Um, when I remember when... Something came up when that premises came up. I was told about the premises, right? And it was a massive, massive risk, you know. Yeah. And I remember say, saying it to my dad, Should I do this? Yeah, and, yeah. and he said, If you don't, you're gonna regret yeah. it, you know. So, Rick, I, I recall at the time again, you were in a relationship then with Eva, uh, and you you coming to me and chatting about the cost of this, and again, you were giving me costings which are phenomenal. And you had a deposit for a house at the time. Yeah. And you saying, well, come here, the house is going to have to wait because I'm putting up this of my own money. You borrowed money, obviously. Maybe your dad helped you out a bit too. He did as well, yeah. But like, that was a big ballsy decision to do then as a young, early 20s person. Like, you Yeah, know? it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we put a lot of things on hold. And, and not only that then, when I did, <laughs> it, it, it it turned out Eva was pregnant with with, with the twins at okay, the time. So right. uh, when I opened something a month later, yeah. uh, Eva gave birth to the twins. Good gosh. Um, right, right, so it was right. kind of everything happening at once, you okay, know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a huge huge decision. It was a huge yeah, risk. Yeah, um, yeah. But like I say, I, I, I'm not one for for. Um, Taking things for nothing it, and just yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would hate to look back now and have been handed my dad's business yeah, you yeah, know so yeah. it it just wouldn't have sat well Very with me good. you know well look i think it's admirable what you've done because looking at it you're your fourth generation like many family businesses they fail in the second generation yeah. if they get to the third they definitely fail so i'm looking at you here now successful business fourth generation and please god you know might be luke but whoever it might be It'll make it to the fifth okay, generation. I, I always say that to people when people ask me, fourth generation, yeah, yeah. yeah haven't messed it up yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and the great thing is, I know you're still talking to your dad. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a yeah. number, a number of family yeah. businesses. There might be third generation, fourth generation, but they're suing each other. No, no, uh, I mean, yeah. we were out for a point last weekend and great. a whole lot, you know. Great. So uh, we were down to my mum and dad's for Easter. Uh, mum and dad doing all the cooking and the whole lot. We were, oh, we were, oh, fish, we were smashing. Oh, fish, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Italian guys, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I have to say, having uh, having sampled your rack of lamb, uh, which is our favourite from you, Absolutely fantastic and gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. What can I say? Invoices yeah. in the post. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Your dad was a character by all accounts because I remember meeting him the first time in the family home and there was this putter on the wall in a glass frame. I yeah. said, what's that? What's the story about that putter? Yeah, so uh, my dad's a good friend at Ian Wilsonham's. Uh, they kind of... They, or they became friends uh, back... way back in the day, early... Se- or probably late 70s, maybe mid 70s uh but before woozy was really hit the, the big time of golf you know right um so woozy used to come over to the house when the irish open was in port marnock and he obviously uh, at that stage didn't have uh, 
a lot of money. So nice. he used to stay in the house and things like that. Um, and I remember like when Irish Open Week was on, uh, we used to come down and uh, have breakfast, and his breakfast consisted of big, massive steaks right. and eggs for <laughs> breakfast. That that was his breakfast, you know. Very good. Um, right. And then yeah, yeah. So uh, the the putter. Um, like I said, they, they 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 kept in touch and and became really good friends. Uh, and uh, so my dad was over in Woozy's house in um, Jersey, right. and uh, this putter was was on the what was after being presented to Woozy when he won the ninety seven Ryder Cup or something like that. Wow! And um, so he he gifted it to my dad anyway. Right. But that right. that putter is actually in the shop in Sutton now. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Very good. yeah. So it's, it's a good talking point, you know? It's a good story. Yeah, it's absolutely. a good talking point. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say your dad had a couple of points with Woozy over the years. Both of them are really good crack. And, good, uh, good. like, the, Woozy hasn't changed a bit over the years, you know? Right, right. Um, he's still good crack. still likes a point. Good. Um, and he often comes over. Uh, he hasn't been over, obviously, in a couple of years because of COVID and things like that. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, he comes over uh, more or less to... to, to yeah, have a few points for a the weekend, points. yeah. Very yeah. Good. good, good, good stuff. Uh, you've been called one of the last remaining true master butchers. Do you agree with this? And in your opinion, what makes a master butcher? Well, uh, butchery has definitely changed over the last 20 years, 25 years. So the way I was trained in was really, really old school. So we were like, we break beef, uh, we bone beef, um, beef comes into us, not in boxes, it's carcass beef that comes into us, you know. Right. Um, so for me, like uh, a master butcher should be able to do all of these things. So, uh, one of the 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 one of the parts of the job I enjoy the most is selecting beef. Um, so selecting beef for me is 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 the there the, that's the building blocks, you right. know. But right. if, if I get that wrong, yeah. uh, it, it's not going to be right going out the door, you know. Right. So that right. four step is really important. But I love that part right. selecting uh, and giving supplier stick and farmer stick right. and things like that um so they're, they're, they're all well used to me now so who who are your go-to farmers now or do you mind me asking and, and so do you, do you have two three four or do you fall out with people or do you oh, no no no, 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 no no never fall out with anyone right. um I, I i use some some farmers on a regular basis and some of the farmers like we've been using since my, my dad's time right um right. and then i've i've built up my my network over, over the years as well so there's a, a lot of new farmers that i use as well right and then I've recently just partnered with um, it was it was out of the blue. I partnered with um, a lady in um, Dunboyne, Anne Marshall, nice. and uh, she breeds a uh, purebred uh, shorthorn. Right. And to get pure breeds is is, is really really rare. Right. And to do what she does is really really rare to to care for the animals and things like that. So. Right. I got a phone call through. I actually got a message through Twitter, um, off a, off somebody that follows me on Twitter. Would I be interested in speaking to this lady? Always open for conversation. Right. Uh, and contacted her, arranged a farm visit. Was blown away when I went out. Right. And uh, I ended up buying the whole herd offer. Wow. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of it's some some of it is is potluck. Um. Being introduced to someone at the right time, uh, and some of it is um, I'll go out, I'll ask uh, around the industry, I'll tell lads specifically what I'm looking for. Right. And I've one particular farmer that I deal with, uh, Huey Fitzpatrick, 
and I if I if I if I'm working on a project or I want something specific, I'll go to him. Right. He'll traipse up and down the country and uh, he'll source whatever I, I I'm looking for, you know. And then he'll put it on his land in Kildare right. um, oh, for right a couple okay. of years and and finish it the way I want wow. to finish it. So there's a lot of work goes into it. I was going to say that. Yeah, there's a lot of work you just in. deciding on a Monday morning. Listen, I need X amount of beef and I'll go and buy it. No. Okay. No, there's okay. a lot of work and a lot of a lot of planning, and I know I've made a shitload of mistakes on the way. Right. So, right. Uh, myself and Gaz Smith done done a thing with with, with an ex dairy uh, cow, um, which has done a lot in Spain on the continent, um, right. but. It's starting to become a little bit more popular over here now, but at the time, this is about two or three years ago. Right. At the time, it was it just wasn't being done over here. So, we went out. Uh, me being me, thought I knew it all. Guys being him, he thought he knew it all. The whole okay. lot. Um, we sourced uh, a, a cow, and we like one, one, once we committed, that, and that's that's one thing. One, one, once I commit to a project, I'm in a hundred percent. You Very know. Good. Right. So. Um, yeah, we sourced we sourced this cow and uh, paid a lot of money for it. Uh, got it slaughtered. Uh, now, was it, this a special cow? Do you mind me asking? Yeah, you well, said, you we we thought it was going to be special. Okay. Uh, Huey tried to advise us, and uh, I kind of I kind of didn't listen to him. Right. Um, right. And we we more or less messed it up. It was it was a disaster, you know. Wow. So right. all of that animal yeah. went into burgers. None of it was wasted. Right. It all went into burgers, but. Uh, so the second time we actually sat down with Huey and, and the lads from the abattoir, right? Uh, told them what we were looking for, and they told us, right, this is actually what you need, you Very know. Good. And good. then they went out, done their part of the job. Brilliant. And it worked out perfect the, the second time, you know. So, so are you using we, all the cows? That's the secret of this. Is oh, that knows your... to knows to tell you. Okay. Um, that's that's part and parcel of what what, what I do, you know. Right. Um, right. You know, that's part and parcel of it. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Very good. Good stuff. Uh, you've been known to mix the te- traditional techniques passed down through gen- generations and new technologies. How important is it for you to keep the old ways alive? You know, for, for for me old school like i said the, 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 that's that's the building blocks that's the foundation right, so right. uh the, and, and we and we're probably yeah we're we were definitely one of the last um remaining butchers that that, that actually that actually bone beef on the premises that right. break quarters of beef right. and, and, and and full pigs and lambs and the whole lot everything is done in store right sausages that everything right um so yeah there's the the, the there's a, a lot of work goes in into that you know uh, so in 2013, you returned to Sutton. What was the journey to decide to return there? Um, I kind of, I, I, I wanted to do something. I didn't want to hang on to my dad's coattails uh, all the way through. I, I, I knew, I knew Sutton was a, a good area, uh, but at the time, um, Super Queen was there. Right. right. Um. My uncle had a shop previously in Sutton, right, which closed in nineteen ninety or something like that. So there was a twenty three year gap there, like okay. So, uh, but I knew people still um, recognized Remembered. the name sure. and and the whole lot. So we we had a bit of a reputation still there, uh, but people thought I was mad. Uh, you were probably the only yeah. one of the ones that backed me, and right. uh, my dad, obviously, my mum. 
Right. Uh, but people thought I was mad because there was no parking Correct. around. Yeah. Um, Super Queen around the corner. Super Queen around the corner. And the whole then lot. had a good reputation for good beef. And 2013, there was a lot of units closed. Yes. Um, yeah. There was, and I was going in, and I had a plan in my head to only do the best. So right. it was, it was a, a premium product I was offering in right. the in the height of of a recession. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, Indeed. a lot the, of people thought I was mad, but um, yeah. I stuck to my gun. And yeah, it worked out. It worked out well. Yeah, Yeah. I I remember actually going out because it was the old X Division premises, and it must have been closed two or three years. And that was a sign of the downturn in Ireland at the time. X Division was gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, like when 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 I moved in there, I I think I was the only unit. Permanent TSB was beside me. That closed down. Bank of Ireland Bank was there. Besides, yeah. There was Florist, there was news agents, but they were all closed down, you yeah, know. Yeah. So it, it, it was it, we moved into a ghost town. Like. Absolutely. So at the time, Rick, I do remember being there with you and fighting over fit out costs and you saying to me, I'm going to use sustainable products as much as I can, sustainable patching the walls. Tell me about that. Is that, that a passion of yours as well? Uh yeah, I I I I knew I knew what I wanted. I had to I had to um the shop had to represent the, the meat, so both had to be premium. I, I didn't want to walk for, for customers to be walking into a, like a traditional butcher shop was, was kind of sawdust on the floor. Correct, where yeah. It was white, white tiles on yes. the wall and things yeah. like that. So I, did, I, I didn't want that. Uh, I wanted the, the, the shop to represent the product, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, so, yeah, we, 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 we went all out on the fit out. Um, then we have big glass dry-aging fridges down the back. And the idea behind that was actually just to 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 show I'm really proud of being a butcher. Right. Um. So it was to showcase the fact that we are real butchers. Very that, good, yeah. And yeah. when we when we opened force, we we were probably one of the first in the country to to showcase full carcasses down yeah. the back. And I was expecting a little bit of resistance and people coming in. Oh, jeez, I, I, I don't want to see that. You yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like that at all. Sure. You know, we quickly attracted. Uh, foodie type client right. that, that were really in, in, into the field and weren't afraid to see these characters yeah. and it, it became a bit of a showpiece yes, that yeah. um, kids would be dragging their parents down going look at that look at that Absolutely. look at that you know, I remember so. Rick indeed growing up as a kid in Southside Dublin I would have had uh, memories of characters hanging up perhaps not the best health and safety standards at yeah, that yeah. time but in walking into your shop and I saw rabbits or hares hanging in the back I said, do people buy them? And you said to me, yeah. Yeah, you, well, you, I actually remember that. Yeah, yeah we, okay. were, we were dry aging rabbits. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you could tell me who caught them and where they were caught. Yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. That morning and so on. That was, re- that was really funny at the time. Uh, so you're a fourth generation butcher now. Was it always on, did you always know you'd go into the business? And Derry asked, did you have disagreements with your dad as regards to the direction or going into the business at all or how? How how did you get into the business? No, like I said to you, when I was in Port Marnock, I, I quickly fell in love with it. So, right, right. um, I would say, I mean, I, I certainly wasn't pushed into the business or anything like that. But once I decided that this is what I want to do, I was encouraged by my dad. You know, right. right. Um. So yeah, um, I'm sure he he would have loved me to have a cushy nine to five because no, yeah. it, it's bloody hard work Absolutely, you know yeah. Uh, yeah. but now once I decided that's what I wanted to do it, it was encouragement all the way so and actually like I, mean, I was obviously living at home 
uh, when I was serving my time. Yeah. Uh, so I was living with my mum and dad. I was working with my yeah. mum and dad. But we had a super relationship. Great. Like me and myself and my dad were able to go for a point after work and talk about the golf at the weekend or whatever, you Great. know, things like that. So, good. Um, yeah, no, it was good. And yeah, I, I actually remember at the time, uh, traditionally butcher shops didn't open on a Sunday. Yes. So yeah. I, when I was serving my time, we off my own bat, I used mm. to go in on a Sunday right. to cook for Monday, Monday, to prep for Monday. Right. Um, so I, I, whatever, I'd shake off my hangover on a Sunday morning Very and good. a whole lot, and then go out to the shop, open up, um, close the shutter behind me, but uh, but start the undercutting for a right. Monday. Right. But it, it was just because I was into what, and into I, 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 I was enthusiastic, I wanted to learn yeah, yeah. the whole lot, you know. So Very good. And dare I ask, Rick, I know... You have five or six kids. You have a son or four. Is it five? Okay, four. Sorry, maybe I have news for you. But, uh, sorry, do you see any of them following into the business or? or um, again, or like uh, Luke. Luke works. Luke's my eldest. Uh, he's seventeen years of age. He works in, in in the shop now on on a Saturday doing a little bit of cleaning and things like that. You know. Uh, I certainly wouldn't uh, push him away from it. If that's what right. he decided he wanted to do, yeah, yeah. I would encourage all the way, exactly the same way my dad uh, did for me, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, like I say, what we do especially is is hard work, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, but you know what, Rick? I see, as an accountant with clients in every sector, uh, I see a return to the trades and to the skills like you have. They may have been discounted 10 years ago. But now people are valuing them again, and it's a it's a good profession and and being rewarded correctly as well. I'd say to you. So, uh, so look, yeah, we yeah. definitely see a return, and and actually that like that's where the likes of uh, on the continent in in say France for for instance, right? Mm. If you, if you want bread, you go to a baker. If you want meat, yes. you go to a butcher. Yeah, you know, and and yeah. that's for me. That's the way it should Very be, good. and that's yeah. the type type of customer. The type of customer we're getting in, they appreciate what we do and the hard work goes into it. You know, right. Very good. A big thing for you uh, was the move into online, uh, which I know you'd started prior to COVID, but tell me about that. How has that been for you? Um, so we, yeah, we, we started dabbling in it uh, prior to COVID, but it was it was really when COVID kicked off. So at the time, I was supplying 110 restaurants okay. when COVID kicked off. Right. Um, obviously, uh, overnight, uh, restaurants were closed and things right. like that. So it was panic stations. Right. Like, okay. well, what are we going to yeah, do here, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so I was lucky enough that I had a website. Right. I actually the website wasn't live, but it was built in the background. At the time, I was I was going to him and Han whether I was going to turn on the online thing or not or continue. I I I wasn't exactly sure which direction I was going to take with the business, you know. Right. So it was a case of needs must. We we, we had to turn on the online site. Um. So when we turned it on, it was it was kind of overnight. It 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 just clicked. Wow. It clicked right. and um. So first of all, I clicked with local people, and and we started to do a lot of local deliveries. Obviously, we were looking after elderly and vulnerable people as well. Very good. So it was free free deliveries for them and the whole lot. Um, but the support we got when I put the website online was phenomenal. Right. Um, And not only in the local area, like we started to build uh, a customer base in Cork, Kerry, Galway, Sligo, up north. It was unreal, you know. Um, so now, now it's a huge part of the business Absolutely. and it, it's a part we're going to keep going you know well, well look uh, as you know a number of my friends clients here in Rathfarnham Dundrum 
uh, are getting deliveries from you on a weekly basis as well and are delighted to be getting really good quality stuff you know yeah so, man like we, yeah. we we have customers now that will send us uh, a, a, a bottle up from Kerry and say yeah. just say thanks listen thanks much. for looking after me yeah. and the whole lot yeah. although when um, we 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 had a lot of online customers during COVID, and now they're the regular. These wouldn't have been customers beforehand, but now right. the regular customers coming into the shop to have yeah. a chat with you or whatever. Yeah. But obviously further afield, but even further afield now they're they're, they're, they're lifting the phone to Gene to say this is what I want. Rick knows what I want. Okay. Shane knows what Very I good. want. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. good. Indeed, when you mention Gene and, and Shane, as a customer of yours, gone out to the shop myself, I just have to say the banter and crack is good. They know my name. They know everyone else's name, you know, whatnot. It's just personalized customers. Like that's it. Like which, it, uh, for, yeah. for for me, as as professional as we are, mm. and as premium as we are, because yeah. we do sell and source the best. Yeah. Um, to me, it's still a local butcher shop. Yes, yeah. And it, like I, I, I would hate to lose that touch that. If, if a customer yourself or someone walks in, a regular customer that I'm able to say. Hey, Colin, how are you? How, how was football last week Correct. or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd hate to lose that personal touch yeah, as well, yeah. you know? 100% agree. It's, it's, it's a great way to build a business. Uh, I recall being in the shop and seeing, seeing the Wagyu beef, right? Yeah. That's how, how much of that do you sell? Or tell me this. That was a bold that. move um, because um, we started, I think the first imported beef we did was the Spanish uh, Galician beef. Okay. Uh, so the ex-dairy beef. Don't mention Galicia, Rick. I have a very bad experience of being in Galicia. Not eating steak? Not at all. <laughs> June one year and it lashed rain for 10 days. Yeah. It's just not, it's like going to Connemara. That'd be my Lovely look. part of the country. That'd be my look now, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But go on. But yeah, no, it was a really bold move um, because I knew... There will be some Irish beef is the best in the world. Okay. Every day of the week, right? right. So what we're important is uh, alternatives. So, like the likes of the Spanish's ex dairy, it wasn't being done in this country at the time. Right. The um then we started to import the the, the wagyu, and then I was uh, I approached the um Japanese wagyu uh, Kobe Beef Association. Um, so I had to apply for membership for that. That's really, really, they're really uh, stringent rules, and, and I had to sign sworn notes with the Japanese government for that. Wow. Um, to uphold the, their traditions and, right. and, 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 and the way they sell it and, and the whole lot. Um, and there, yeah, we, we, we started to import um, American beef, Australian beef. Um, and again, the whole point of doing this was. It's different than Irish yes. beef. Okay. So now we have customers and they'll come in and they'll buy an Irish steak or uh, and a Japanese steak and an American steak. Right. And they'll use it as a tasting. Okay. Um, but we're the only licensed Kobe beef dealer in Ireland. Wow. We're the only one licensed to sell genuine Kobe beef. Um, and dare I ask, can you distribute that? Can you sell to other butchers or is it the, is the I don't, the I don't sell don't. to other, other butchers. So you've really got Kobe beef exclusively in Ireland? Well, I, 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 at the moment, yes, okay. Kobe beef can only be sold through me. Um, right. And like I say, gen, I'm talking about genuine Kobe beef. Right. Um, a lot of people um, sell Wagyu. For, for, for me, just because it's Irish doesn't make it better. Okay. Um, but like I say, Irish Irish beef is my first love. Right. But I I I've put so much work and effort into mm. sourcing good quality beef. Right. I can't. 
I can't get get enough of for one. Um, but I'm not going to take in something just because it's Irish if it's not good enough. Very good. Okay. So if like if if, if that means and if that means my customers want to try American beef, well, so be it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah so yeah. be it. Yeah. yeah. No, um, variety is great. Break it to me. Uh, the price of a, a good Irish beef versus the Wagyu or the Ryobi. The, 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 the Kobe beef is the, 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 the most exclusive beef in the world. So uh, that's uh, that retails at €415 Euro per kilo. You're not serious. Yes. So if I was having an average steak on a Saturday night of Wagyu. But, and this is where people have to be, well, or, or the Irish market has, has to be educated. It's, n- it's a delicacy. Okay. It's not supposed to be eaten the way Irish beef is eaten. Okay, so it's not a quantity thing. No. Don't fill my plate with it. I, absolutely. So okay. you're talking 100 grams per person, and I have had people, and uh, and you, you've tried to explain them, they say no, um, and they'd eat big Kobe big beef steaks. Okay. And you'd say to them, how was the beef? Yeah. It was amazing, but I felt sick after it. Too much, is it? Too rich? Yeah, exactly. It's like okay. eating a whole cake to yourself, okay. like, you know? Yeah, now I've done that as well. Okay, okay. Very good. Um, but wow. yeah, no, that, 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 that's... Um, and that... I, I'm really excited about going out sourcing that type of beef and things like that. So right. I, I have friends in the industry in America. There's two companies I deal with in America. Hmm. And they would be considered probably two of the best beef processors in America. Um Anything that comes into Europe has to be certified HCO free. Right. I've done my homework on all these suppliers and, and their products and things like that, you right. know. Um, it's not that I'm taking it in just off the cuff. Right. Uh, right. I've, I, I've researched this really, really heavily before before anything comes into my shop. Yeah. Even the Irish. Right. Before it comes into the shop, I, I've, I've put in the groundwork, you know. Okay. okay. Well done. It's good stuff. Uh, so, moving on from that, one of your... Uh, ventures recently has been your book and from Mains where you worked with your good friend who you mentioned Gaz I've heard you idea came together over a couple of points can you tell us about that so Gaz uh, myself and Gaz I started supplying Gaz's restaurants uh, probably more, more by him coming in and bullying me for a supply okay um, he's he, and we, we, we just clicked he's 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 a real Normal bloke, there's no ego, there's no bullshit with him. Sure. Um, he likes a point, he likes a, a takeaway, the whole right. lot, you know. Right. So, yeah, we were out. Um, I was supplying his restaurants before COVID. COVID hit, obviously, um, and Gaz done actually a pop-up then in Sutton as well, um, selling um, his uh, surf packs and things like that. And, yeah, we were out for points and we were discussing, um, should we, would we, could we uh, come up with a book, come okay. up with, you know, Um and that went on for a few meetings, the whole lot. And then I remember um, we had a meeting in the shop with uh, Nicola Brady and John Murray um, to see if 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 we could do this and, and kind of pitch the idea to them and see if they were into it, you know. Okay. Um, and like when we were pitching the idea, that we could see, yeah, the, the, these are okay. in, into it. Maybe, maybe we're onto something here, you right. know. Um, and Nicola and John are your marketing people or people that have so Ni- Nicola Nicola co-wrote the book with us right uh, John done all the lifestyle photography and a, a girl called Katie Quinn uh, she done all the food photography and, and uh, recipe testing and things like that very good um, so that, that the, yeah that, the whole team putting together the whole team was uh, we, we, we although we it, it happened by accident but we put yeah. a lot of work into it right. we weren't, we weren't going to take just anybody sure 
sure. Um, so yeah, the, the the putting together the whole team. Um, Nicola Gaz kind of knew. I, I I didn't know Nicola. John I knew. Um, John do uh, does headshots. Right. Um, so that that's that's his space. But I, we we saw some of his photography. His uh, uh, what would you call it? Human photography. I don't know. Right. Uh, but he was really really good at what he did. You okay. know. Uh, Katie came in afterwards. Uh, right. because the more me and guys got into it, the more we realized shit. We need we we need we're yeah. good at what we do. Yeah. Yeah. But we need experts. to bring in people, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um. So it was good. Yeah. It was. It good. was. It was an interesting, interesting learning course. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Well, look, I remember again uh, sitting down with you, and the project was 120 grand. Yeah. Needed to sell 3,000 odd books to to break even. In the first couple of hours, 48 hours, you sold 1,500 books. Which I'll remind you, I bought 50 from yes, my clients yes, for Christmas presents. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And there was but I'm paid. And, and paid. Sorry, you should emphasize that. And paid. Yeah. And it went down really, really well because it was, it was a different cookbook. I would say to you, right? Uh, so, how did it go in the end? Did you but, break even or make money? Uh, we we probably made money. That 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 hundred and twenty grand wasn't supposed to be hundred and twenty grand. Right, right. That was only supposed to be about forty grand. Okay. And the more we got into it, the more we realised right, we, we we can't put out shit photography or anything like that. We're gonna have right. to pay for for good for, photography, yes, you know. Yeah. Because we wanted um as, as as much fun as it was along the way, we wanted a professional book right. at the end of it, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. We recipe tested, uh, I think, three times or four times or something like that, which which probably isn't done. That's not the norm, you know. Right, right. Um, so obviously that costs money. Uh, the photography, uh, things like that. So um, like guys, um, guys put up his house deposit on it. Um, I was taking a massive chunk out, out of the company, so I was taking a massive risk on it. Sure. Um. So yeah, it was a it was a big call, but we were we were fairly confident from uh, the social media following we had and the, the 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 goodwill that was out there, and plus the fact that we're putting out a proper cookbook. Yes. Yeah. That we could do this now. We we started it off on our own, and it was probably a good thing that we 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 did it on our own because um we wanted to put out uh the book that we wanted so. It, it, it was to be, uh, the recipes were to be top notch, but it was also to represent what we do. Yeah, we go for points. Yeah, we have right. a takeaway. Yeah, yeah, we have a greasy fry up and the whole lot, sure. you know? Sure. So but, a reality rather than. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So there, yeah. Was, there was a lot of stories along the way. So yeah, we, 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 we broke even. We probably made money. We've just gone to the second print run. Yeah. Um, so I think at this stage we've sold about five and a half thousand copies, maybe 6,000 copies. I'm not exactly sure. Right. Um, second print run is out now and uh, sales are still going well Very so good. all good yeah look feedback I'd say to you is from people I gave it to they said they love it because the recipes are simple mm. there's maybe 10 ingredients or something not like a certain person Jamie Oliver who has 70 ingredients and all to and, make and, one and, dinner and like to, there's nothing pretentious about what not we stop. do like so yeah. It was it was to be right. If if you haven't got this in your cupboard, you can go down to your local spa and, and find, find it. So you, good, you, yeah. you don't have to go out to, to or order online to a specialty food shop or things like that. You know. So sure. so break it to me. I know Gaz isn't here with us today, uh, but will there be a follow up? Uh, will there be a follow up? Uh, well, he he's really really busy. I have a lot in the pipeline as mm. well. Um, if we have time, we probably will. Very good. Um, Very good. we still go for points and all. So like, and the one thing about the two of us is um, 
like the 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 we'll go for points and there'll be um we'll kick around silly ideas and then we could kick around twenty silly ideas, you know. Yeah, yeah, come up. But but one of them will go. Oh, actually, do you know yeah, what? Yeah. That sounds like a good yeah. idea. <laughs> well, look again. Having read the book, and I wouldn't be a great cook myself, but having read the book. What I really liked about it was it wasn't just recipes. It was how to do things, like how to trim lamb or how to yeah, do yeah. whatever, which was brilliant for... How to make a crisp sambal. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> I, can, I can manage the crisp sambal, but just even just preparing steak or whatever it might be. And it's simple English. I could read it, understand it, follow it. And uh, yeah, I've had a, a bash of a couple of things in it. So thanks very much. It was, it was great crack making that book. Like yeah, the, the, the point day... We had a we, we had a barbecue day as well, and uh, the but the barbecue day was such good crack. So, the idea was we were recipe testing um, all the all the meat products. Right. So Gaz had come up with the idea of uh, right. Well, um, we'll do it in my house. Yeah. You know. So we picked a weekend. It turned out it was a cracker of a, a day. You know. Right. So uh, we get to the house and uh, we're having beers and the whole, the whole team is there. We're so we're discussing. All the recipes uh, beforehand, so we got the, we were doing the business end of things first, right? Uh, and then we started to do the recipe testing. Gaz is cooking on the barbecue, the whole lot, and he, he's a maggot for uh, Twitter and social media, you know. Okay. So he constantly has his phone in his hand. Right. So uh, he's going to open up the barbecue to to checking the steaks, but he's videoing it while he's doing it, right. um, so he can post it, you know. Okay. So he opens up the barbecue, and and I mean that. Flames, flames straight out, you wow. know. Sins the whole lot of them. <laughs> um, and then yeah. he realised about five minutes later, shit, I, I think I have this on video, you know. Right, right, so right. we ended up posting that wow. of him getting scalded Good as well, God, you know. Right, yeah. uh, but it was great crack. I was drinking uh, cans of Heineken out of Zalto, or, uh, was that what they're called? Zalto glasses, posh wine glasses, right, you right. know, Good just God. to piss him off. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's good crack, it's good banter yeah, with him, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And look, he, he seems to be a character and you seem to have really hit it off. Hmm. So we might see a second book, you're saying. I know you yeah, appreciate you never know. You never busy. know. Like yeah, I say, yeah. if, if the timing is right for both of us, we definitely yeah. do something, you know. I, I know you missed the, Chris, the Christmas bestsellers list or whatever you didn't get out in time, but... Where would you would you be in the top ten in Ireland? Oh, I'd say yeah, well, yeah, even yeah. even further up than that. Um, because we self published and we, we we didn't sell in bookstores. We like the, the them five thousand copies we sold online, like tr- right. probably through ourselves, and then we started taking on one or two um, retailers. Uh, but because we sold them ourselves and not through bookstores, ah, right. they weren't counted. They're records, okay. yeah, and we we missed the. Uh, the deadline for um, the book awards for, right. for last year, but it automatically goes into this year. Okay. okay. So, um, but we, we, yeah, we missed the deadline by a couple of weeks, but, um, and actually that was another thing. Like, the idea of the book started coming about in March. By May, we were making this book, and we were saying to everybody, this book's going to be out by October. Right. And they were saying, that's the, that timeline doesn't, doesn't make sense. Right. Like, Right. And uh, but we we did it. We uh, we got it out. We pushed yeah. it over the line. Yeah, you know? Well done. So, I know you're yeah. hassling me over various things at the <laughs> yeah, time. So look, well done. Uh, any tips for any aspiring author authors out there? Would you recommend? Would you say don't do it, or would you try it? Or any guy, any any feedback for them? Um, no, I I I definitely say go for it. If it, if it's something you want to do, I'd say go for it. Right. Um, but in in saying that, if if me and guys had known before. 
how much hard work goes into it. So right. it's going to be hard. If you're going to do it, it's going to be hard work, yeah, you know. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I suppose that's like everything. See, but again, me sitting here, knowing yourself and knowing Gaz a bit, and that you're 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 not forty hour week man. You'd be sixty no, no, to eighty yeah, hour week yeah. man. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it, like, ne- it never stops. It never stops. When so, I'm when I'm ringing you at half seven in the morning. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. It's same. Anyone anyone running their own business, yeah. it, it it never stops. You Absolutely. know. Absolutely. But that's why I admire that the two of you put, in addition to the sixty, seventy, eight hour weeks, you put another twenty or thirty hours into On top the of book that. and yeah. got it done. So congratulations, well yeah, done. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of uh, ringing wives and saying, eh, "I won't be able to go to the kids' football match on Sunday because we have to go to uh, a farm down in Kildare or whatever." Yeah. You know, so right. they put up with a lot of shit off as well. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good, fair play to them. Look, I suppose uh, looking at it now, we're, we're first quarter of twenty two is gone. Uh, Sutton is flying the book is going good you have a collaboration going with Gaz what's next do you just there's anything in the pipeline that you can tell us uh, uh, or, or no. what's your plans you're a young man relatively so you've still a runway ahead of you there um, I'm still as ambitious as as day one I'm certainly not going to stop here uh, right. a couple of things in the pipeline uh, a couple of things I'm working on at the moment I won't tell you about just yet till okay. I get them over the line might, um, might we see a, a Higgins Butchers on the south side yeah may, may well soon enough yeah okay. may well soon enough uh, but yeah I'm, I'm still as ambitious as, as day one I still love what I do very good um, and yeah it, hopefully it's only going to get bigger and better good yep. I suppose from my outside looking in, key key ingredient to success is the people. And you, you you just mentioned maybe a outside location. To me, you, the people you have in the shop would could run that shop for you. They're they're good people, and that's critical to it. So oh, that's yeah. why I'm I'm ready to make that kind of move. You know, right, right. Very good. Well, look, I look forward to the future with you, Rick, and congratulations Thanks, on what you've done so far. Uh, Rick Higgins, thank you very much for joining us today. Cheers. Thank, thank you. you. If you want to learn a little more about Garden, you can go to gardenaccountants.ie where you'll learn about everything that we can do. If you're enjoying the Garden Irish Business Podcast, please do share it with your friends and colleagues and don't forget to subscribe, like and review wherever you are listening. Thanks for listening. Until next time.